prove that I can do more than one thing at a time, and I'll probably fail miserably at it. Um, there was a nice-looking truck, wasn't it? Um, we are a ministry that takes teams of volunteers all over the world to uh, build church buildings. Now, church buildings aren't always what we would consider to be a church. Sometimes it's a radio station, which is what you're going to see in this video very shortly in Cameroon, Africa. Sometimes it's an orphanage in Romania. Sometimes it's a school building. Some, it just varies. We help with anything that can be used to further the gospel of Jesus Christ, anywhere where the gospel is preached. How many of you were actually not saved in a church service? Yeah, see right there. There's several people that, if you, know, you, if you were asked, where was you, were you saved? It doesn't always happen in a church service. It may be somebody who witnessed to you while they were changing oil in a car. You just never know where the gospel can be proclaimed. Now, our ministry, the Master's Craftsman, you saw uh, our video, and I'd like to share with you, um, how many of you remember when you used to send in and get box tops? You'd collect box tops, and then you'd send them in for a prize. Okay, I can't do this in every church, okay? I'm just telling you, we are supported by local churches just like yours, so I can't do this in every church. But I'm going to do something similar to that today. Back on our display table, and I apologize for that display because it's, I, when I fly, I have to, you know, I can't take everything. So uh, it's very small compared to what it normally is. But the information is there. On our table is our prayer card, and this is shaped like a Bible marker, okay? And when you're doing, doing your daily Bible reading that you're all doing, right? That's kind of, okay, I get it, you know. You're just coming out of winter. You're kind of like those brown bears and black bears coming out of hibernation, right? Okay, you're all doing your daily Bible reading, right? Amen. All right, that's much better. You're going to have one of these in your Bible, and you're going to open it up, and you're going to see my face and go, yeah, that guy needs prayer. (laughs) Okay? But maybe you go to your refrigerator more often. A lot of people put them on their refrigerator. So if you go to your refrigerator more often, you go to your Bible, put one there too. So grab a couple of them. Take as many of these prayer cards as you like. Next is our brochure. This is a brochure that tells a little bit about our ministry, what it, why you should go with us on one of our trips, what it takes to go with us, and get one of those. Maybe there's somebody that you think might enjoy a ministry like this. Get one for them, too. So take one of those. Thirdly is our, our newsletter. This is called the Master's Plan. Now, when we have a project, like if we come and help you with your church, we're going to advertise your project in this newsletter. And that's how people find out Hey, the Lord's given me an opportunity to come serve in Craig, Alaska. That's how they're going to find out, okay? So if you collect all three of these things, you get your prayer card, your brochure, and your newsletter, and you come to me within the first 20 minutes after the service is over, I will give you absolutely nothing. Hey, I'm a, I'm a Baptist missionary. What can I say? But you'll at least know how you can effectively pray for our mission, our ministry, and you'll be able to know where we're going and what we're doing, and maybe if the Lord would lay on your heart to go with us, we'd really appreciate it. Yes, yes. On our display, if there is a QR code that you can actually shoot, and you go to our, our website, it's on there as well. We'd prefer to send it to you email, but we'll send it to your postal service. Hopefully there's not a postal worker here today that I'm offending. but but, well there goes my chance of supporting this church (laughs) 
That's the way it is. But we we do love postal workers. <laughs> Let's go to the video. <laughs> All right, this is a, uh, a radio station that we built in Africa uh, that reach, will reach two million people with the gospel. This is a four-cylinder car that it's only running on two and we're going up a mountain. So now as missionaries, we had to push the car up the hill. <laughs> There's how you build it.
Emptied all that cement up on the ground right there. Takes a kind of step. He puts it in that little mold there. Kind of shakes it around a little bit, settles it. Packs it down. Packs it in with that shovel. Picks that up. How'd you like to do that all day long, every day of the week? They normally don't screen their gra their sand. They just use it the way it is. So this was all foreign to them. They'd never seen this done. Future masters craftsmen there. They mix all their concrete up right on the ground. That's the concrete truck right here. Making a delivery. Lots of rock, a little bit of concrete. arm open on a little piece of wood. That's a city of about 100,000 there. There's really no Bible churches, you know, Bible preaching churches there. This is called the, he's perfected the walrus jump. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. I, 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 I have no idea. That's about 30 feet. <laughs> That's the missionary right there. He dropped a quarter. He's looking for it.
Something that's important, and you keep watching, but you listen. Something that's important, when we go to a place like this, it's important that we use what they have there and the people that are there. Because if we come in as the smart aleck Americans and we're going to do whatever it is that we're going to build there, those people aren't going to have buy-in. And they're never going to use it. So we make sure that we work with them and for them. And that they'll use that when it's done. Now he's doing that in flip-flops. That's a two-by-three. That's what the, that's the OSHA-approved ladder there. This country that you're seeing right now is now in the middle of a civil war. The missionary, that, that radio station is proclaiming the gospel. It is working, it is functioning, it is doing what we said it would do. But the people, the missionary is no longer there. He couldn't be there anymore. That missionary, excuse me, he flew me into the jungle in his bush plane. We flew for two, two hours at 100 miles an hour, and I never saw a road, I never saw a trail, I never saw a house. And we flew into a village like you would expect Africa to be. Grass huts and all of that, you know, just like you would picture in Africa. And when we left that village, and there's a whole lot of story, maybe I'll have time to tell it tonight, but there's a whole lot to this story. But the last thing I remember when leaving that village was seeing those little kids up in the mango tree trying to beat some mangoes out of that tree to eat something for the day. 
And I couldn't help but think, Lord, what did I do to deserve to live in the United States of America? Where I have a whole bunch of copies of this. I could have been born one of those little kids in Africa. And the only one that's going to bring them the gospel is that missionary that you saw in this video. And even now, he can't be there. And in the end, in that particular village, I ran into this missionary again not too long ago, and he said, Eric, you remember that village I took you to? I said, yeah. He says, well, it's not there anymore. He said, so many times these villages, they make agreements with each other because, you know, there's not a lot of people around there, let's just face it, and if if you don't want to inbreed, you're going to have to go to the next village, just being frank. And he said they had an agreement, and somehow they got fighting about it, and they started killing each other. So they sent in a government official, and they wound up killing him. So then the military was sent in, and they killed everybody. Now, folks, I'm just telling you, the money that you give to missions, you go on a trip like this, the guys that you saw in this video, they're nothing special. I'm just telling you, they're people just like you. They're just willing to go and serve the Lord with whatever they have. And you stand between those people either hearing or not hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, you look at a missionary or somebody who comes up here and stands behind this pulpit, and I don't mean to demean the calling of God. That's not what I'm talking about here. But the honest truth is, you're no different than me. You put your pants on, if you're a guy, you put your pants on the same way I do in the morning. I told your pastor today, just before we, I came up here, I said, listen, I am the most undereducated guy that's probably going to ever stand in your pulpit. I have no official Bible training. But I'll tell you what I do have. I have a willing spirit. I have a desire to serve God. And if you'll give God your life, you saw earlier in my video, no matter what it is, Lord, I'll do it. I'm just standing here as a testimony to tell you God can do some amazing things with you. And so I just would urge you to get involved in some way. God has given you some talents. You need to use them. And that's what the Master's Craftsman really is about. We're giving average people just like you the opportunity to go do something truly amazing that you just saw in this video. If you would be turning in your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, I'm going to be brief here this morning. I know somebody's probably got a roast in the oven. Somebody's probably got some chicken on the grill that they want to do or something, but we came here to hear from God. And we're going to have some of God's word here. Dear, I'm just going to open in prayer here, and then I'm going to get right into it. Nehemiah chapter 1. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you now for this day, Lord. We thank you for this place that we can come worship you in your house, and we don't have to worry about the police coming in and hauling us all to jail, Lord. Or if we say the wrong thing, that they're going to take us to jail because we've preached the gospel. But Lord, I can just say our country is headed down that road. Lord, if we don't have Christians stand up and be heard, that's where we're going to be. And not too long. Lord, I've stood in places like that. Lord, I just pray now that you would bind Satan, keep him away, put away all distractions of all the things that are so easily will keep us from hearing what you have for us. Lord, I just pray now that you would give me the words to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the book of Nehemiah, Jeremiah, or I am sorry, Nehemiah, Nehemiah is basically the cupbearer. 
Now, does that sound like the qualifications for a good contractor if you were going to hire somebody to remodel your kitchen? Probably not, right? You'd want somebody who at least has a background in building. Well, Nehemiah, there was no record that he was a good builder. But when he hears that the walls of Jerusalem have been broken down, it puts him in distress. In verse number 3, it says, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left in the captivity there in the province are in a great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. You see, he is distressed about the, the, the way his country has gone. And folks, I can't help but feel the same way about the United States of America. We are a country that was based on biblical principles, and this is not going to be a political message, but I can't help but draw some comparisons to what's going on here in this portion of Scripture to what's going on in our country. And how did we get there? Verse number 7, we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee thy word, that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if he transgress... I will scatter you abroad among the nations. Folks, you cannot abort how many millions of babies every year and expect God to continue to bless our nation. You cannot kick God out of the courtrooms and the classrooms and expect God to continue to bless our country. He is going to scatter us abroad. But, you know, if the story ended right there, this would be pretty disgusting, wouldn't it? It'd be a real sad story. But praise the Lord, there's a verse number nine. It says, but. Man, I love those buts. It's a big but. Isn't this just like God? If you'll just turn, it says, but if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out among the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them there from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Folks, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sin you've done. If you'll just have that but, if you'll turn to Christ, if you'll say, Lord, forgive me, he will forgive your sins. And if you'll call upon him and say, Lord, will you save me? He will save you. And I'm hoping that everybody here is saved, but if there's somebody here that's not sure, please come and see me after the service. I will show you from God's word. doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what that man says because we didn't create anything. The one who did has given you his word, and every promise that he's given you is true. And I can show you from God's word how you can know for sure that you'll be saved when you die. So here we are. He's, he's laid it out there, and now what Nehemiah does is he does what's called a survey trip. And that's what I'm here doing right now. I'm here to do a survey trip to your church to see how we can help you. It says, so then I, in verse number 11 of chapter 2, it says, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, and I have some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. Do you realize that is biblical proof that there are Chevy trucks in the Bible? You ask how. How can you possibly say that? Well, if you remember, it wasn't too long ago, Chevy used the Tasmanian devil as an advertising campaign. Okay, that was the beast. We know it wasn't a Ford because it wasn't a Bronco or a Mustang. And we all know that it wasn't a Dodge because the Dodge had his horns stuck back there when Abraham, he had his horns stuck in a thicket, so it had to be a Chevy. So anyway, that, I can't, yeah, you know, so there it is. That's another reason why I don't get support because I've offended every one of you guys that has a truck, so there it is. So anyway, <laughs> so he goes and he views the walls. Now, he didn't tell anybody what was going on. He told no one why he was there. Why was that? I believe it's because he didn't want everybody else giving their opinion. He wanted to go there and get the mind of God on the matter. 
And you know, I'm, I'm looking at your building project, and I'm assuming at some point in time, probably not pastor here now, but at some point you guys had somebody who thought there should be a building there. And they were seeking the mind of God. And at first, they probably didn't tell anybody, because if you did, they probably thought he was crazy. But with prayer, God showed his will. And so now we're at the stage. Let's look at verse number 17. After all that prayer and getting it straight, with nobody else's opinions, Nehemiah comes to the people and he says, Then I said unto them, You see the distress that we were in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more reproach. And notice what he does here. This is so important, folks. Then I told them that I was a really good builder. That's not what it says there, is it? It says, no. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that had spoken unto me. You see, Nehemiah is smart enough to know this is way beyond me. This is above my pay grade. And I'm standing up here before you saying, as the master's craftsman, what you're about to do over there in the next field over is above my pay grade. And without God, you're wasting your time. If your church isn't in this and saying, Lord, help us. Lord, this is your ministry. And this, if this is going to happen at all, it's going to be through you that I'm wasting my time here in Alaska. Now, I've loved my time here in Alaska. and I, This is a great place to waste time, but I don't like to waste my time. So with all that being said, Nehemiah is telling the people, you're going to want to get in on this because God's going to do something great. And that's what I'm thinking is going on next door here. You're going to want to get in on this because God's going to do something great. And so he says, I told him of my hand that was going to pound me. And he also says that he told him what the king said. You see, Nehemiah, God gave him a brain. And he knew he wasn't going to just drop the timbers and the blocks out out of the sky. Now, God could do that. I, I agree. You could pray and we could all have a prayer meeting and the next morning we could wake up and that building would be finished and completed over there. Do anybody believe that that could happen? I do. Absolutely. God commanded it and it was there. That's how this world got here. But the truth of it is, he's going to use people like you and me to get the cement blocks. He's going to use people like you and me to cut down the trees. He's going to use the people like you and me to build that building. And so Nehemiah went to the king and he got what he needed. He gave him a brain to say, hey, we're going to need to do this. And so he tells them all this, and look at the second half of this verse. And they said, let the pastor rise up and build. You know, I just got some new glasses, and they're these progressive wine glasses. So when I misread something in the Bible, you'll have to forgive me. Is that what your Bible says there? Oh, no, it says, let the deacons rise up and build. No, what it says there is, let us. Now, there was the brother here, I think he was, he was talking about the Greek and the Hebrew. Let me translate us into Greek and Hebrew. That's us. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty deep here. Us, we get excited about the us in the verses like, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because that's us. We like that. But when it says, let us rise up and build, that means we're going to have to work, doesn't it? And we're not so, so eager to sign up for all that work. But it says, let us rise up and build. So then it says, so they strengthen their hands for this good work. What does that mean? Well, it's obvious, preacher. They all went out and got anytime fitness memberships because they're going to be you know, carrying cement blocks. They got to start pumping some iron. No, folks, what it is, and hear me now, because this is what your church needs to be doing right now. 
they strengthen their hands for this good work. They knew that the minute you start doing something for God, it's no longer just going to fly so well. Satan does not like the fact that you want to build a church next door here. And what's going to happen is if you people don't strengthen your hands and be prepared for the battle, he's going to roll right over the top of you. Now, I don't think the strength in their hand in one bit was that they needed to lift weights. They went home and they looked at their video cabinet. And they looked in there and said, you know, there's some videos in here that ought not be. Maybe they went to their record cabinet. Well, records, nobody listens to records anymore. Their MP3 files, whatever you listen to music in these days. Maybe there was some music that wasn't supposed to be there. Whatever it is, they strengthened their hands because they knew there was a battle. Because look at this. And this, you know, God's word is in order, isn't it? He tells you things right as you need to know them. They get all excited. They strengthen their hands for this good work. Here's another but. Verse number 19. This is but. Sanballat. Don't you love those names? Sanballat. A lot of names I can't even pronounce in the Bible. I'm just confessing here. So, so for today's purposes, we're going to call that guy Sandy. So Sandy, the Herodonite, and Tobiah, we'll call him Toby, the servant and the Ammonite and Geshem and the Arabian heard it. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing you do? Will you rebel against the king? You see, folks, anytime you're going to do something for God, just mark it down. Sandy and Toby are going to show up. And they're going to heckle you. They're going to give you a hard time. I don't have time to go into all this. But the honest truth of it is, it gets to the point where these guys no longer are just sticks and stones, but actually they are going to fight. And we look at, if we go through, we look at uh, chapter 4, verse number 16. Ah, I got I to back up here a little bit. We got to go to chapter 4, verse number 6. And this is another important thing that I got to get get to, get through. I'm sorry I'm getting late here, but... Verse number six, how come this happened? So built we the wall, all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for who had a mind to work? The people had a mind to work. Folks, we Baptists are great. We are really good at standing up in a pulpit like this, and I'm not knocking preachers, I'd have to knock myself, but we can tell you what all the problems are in this country. We can define who is wrong, why they're wrong. We can tell you from God's word, up and down, one side, the other, and we sit there week after week and we define the trouble. But the problem is we don't have a mind to work to fix it. We don't roll up our bootstraps and we can say, hey, there's a cup on the floor. That needs to be picked up. And we can have a prayer meeting and we can stomp our feet and say that needs to happen. Somebody's got to do that. But the truth of it is, God's probably going to somebody and saying, pick up the cup. Oh, brother, you don't understand. I can't do that. I got this and that going on in my life. I can't. Exactly. Then he goes to the deacon in the church. I don't know if you're a deacon, brother, but I'm just going to pick up the cup. And oh, I'm spiritual. But then he goes to some little kid like you. Could you pick up that cup for me? And they pick it up. And they put it there. And it's that simple. But the truth of it is, they had to have a mind to work. Folks, none of what we talked about, the politics, all of that garbage is not going to get better until we have a mind to work. 
this building isn't going to get built over there until we have a mind to work. Now, I realize everybody here is not going to go swing a hammer and build, nor should you. But the truth of the matter is, you've got to have a mind to get in on it. You've got to have a mind to go and tell the neighbor across the street about what, why you're here on Sunday. In fact, everybody that lives around you should know if they want to rob your house, Sunday morning between the hours of 10 and noon are a really good time because you can have whatever you want because I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be in church. And so what it amounts to is the people had a mind to work. Now, if you look over at verse number 16, and it came to pass from that time forth in, verse, in chapter 4, that half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows and the habergans, and the rulers were behind the wall in the house of Judah. And they which build it on the wall, and they that bear the burdens with those that laid it every one with one of his hands and wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. You see, folks, from that point on, Sandy and Toby were not just threatening. They were planning to do physically harm to them people. And so Nehemiah had to post a watch, but he couldn't stop the work. So then people had to have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Now, that's a problem. When I just got a trowel, I can lay brick like crazy. But now that I got a sword in the other hand, I'm neither an effective mason and I'm not a good fighter. I'm a man divided. And folks, right now, we can lay all the brick we want. We can go build that building, no problem. We can say anything we want from this pulpit right here, and we don't have to worry. But folks, if we don't get a mind to work and if we don't start running for office... You know, every stand for the Lord doesn't always mean standing up here. If we don't take our local government and get involved in our local government, if we don't get in the state level, if we don't get in the, the federal level, we're just giving it to the evildoers. We got to have a mind to work. And why is that so important? I'm almost done here. going to wrap this up. Verse number 19, And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. Folks, the work is great and large. There's people in this town, Craig, Alaska. What would you say there was, 1,000 people? 600. Yeah, doubled. And then you got the other communities around here. Okay, 6,000 on the island. That's a pretty big group of people. What are the odds that he's going to get to talk to all 6,000 of them? But if we all together, there's a pretty good chance that we could. Now let's go a little further. Let's talk about the state of Alaska. Let's talk about the United States of America. Then how about that country that I just showed you in the video? You see, you've got a board full of missionaries back there that you support. Those people are way out on the wall. And if this church falls apart, if this church doesn't stay faithful, if this church doesn't grow, if it doesn't do anything for the cause of Christ, it's going to go under, right? And if it does, those missionaries are going to be hung out on the wall. And they're going to have to come back, and they're going to have to raise some more support so that they can do what they are supposed to do, what God's called them to do, that you agreed to partner with them. So, folks, what I'm trying to get to here today is the walls of Jerusalem are broken down. And we've got to get our part. Each and every one of us has to do our part. We've got to get a mind to work. Now, I didn't mean to be hard on you. In fact, normally on our display, there's a 
hard hat that goes right up above the t-shirt, you know, kind of like where the head would be. And one day I was setting up that display, and this old guy, crusty old man, he walks by and he's, he's teetering into the church, and he stops in front of my display table as my wife and I are setting it up. And he says, that ain't good. I said, why is that? He says, well, it's never a good sign when the pastor's handing out hard hats in the back of the church on Sunday morning. It's going to be a rough one. Now, I hope that somebody here didn't feel like they needed to jump up and go grab a hard hat or have steel-toed boots to hear this message. But folks, I'm testifying, not preaching. You saw in my morning, in my morning video what God had to do with the situation. Nine other guys had to get stuck on the mountain with me. I was Jonah. He had to put me down to the point where I had to stop and look up, and I had no other choice. I'm praying that he doesn't have to do the same with you. Yours might be just like Jonah. He might toss you over the side of a ship because you guys go out on the ocean. I don't know. I'm sure there's big fish out there. But my point is, don't make God get you to the point where he's got to take everything from you to see what's really important. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe as the pianist starts to play, I'm going to turn the invitation over to the